Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. It is time to make some money. It is Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin on Greeny on ESPN Radio on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. And all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline, including ESPN betting analyst and ESPN Radio's Joe Fortenbaugh. Joining Chris and Courtney on the Goodyear Hotline, making the plays that move you forward. Goodyear more driven. Joe, it's been entirely too long. How are you, my friend? I can't believe it. I can't believe it, Carlin. I mean, I worked with you yesterday, and I just can't get you out of my head. I wake up today. I have the pleasure of this again. The only saving grace for me logging on is that Courtney's working with you as well. It's always been a pleasure as I bust your chops a little bit this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Completely fair. All right, let's start. Cowboys, NFC East, Washington. You know, it's fascinating with the football, the Washington football team because they're rolling right now. They've won four straight. Dallas is not exactly peaking at the right time. The Cowboys laying four. What are you looking at here? I'm looking at Dallas, and I think Washington has the potential to be what we call a public underdog, meaning the public generally likes to side with uh, favorites and with overs. And this is a situation where I think the public might come in on the dog because they'll look at Dallas and they'll say, well, they've been shaky. They've lost three of five. Look at Washington. They've come off the bye. They've won and covered four straight, all of which have come in the underdog role, much like they'll be in on Sunday. I think this is the chance for Dallas to explode. Dallas hasn't looked bad because they've been bad. Dallas has looked bad because they've been injured or because they've been dealing with COVID. It knocked out half the coaching staff in the last game. Players have been banged up. Players have been missing games. They're healthy coming into this one, and they've had 10 days to prepare. They know how important this is. Meanwhile, Washington has been solid, but who are they beating up on? Outside the Tampa Bay win, the other three have left a little bit to be desired because it hasn't exactly been elite competition Carolina Seattle Las Vegas and those were all very tight games I think Dallas can put it on this Washington secondary I'd lay the four with the Cowboys another team that has been rolling for the most part last four three or four games San Francisco 49ers winners of three straight before losing that game to Seattle last uh, last Sunday afternoon Uh, there's a line that I'm watching on this game Joe I mean they're minus one and a half or better how does the Debo Samuel injury affect this line right now because it looks like he's trending towards playing do you see value at the 49ers uh on the 49ers at minus one and a half or better so I love the question because we usually save my best bet for the end but you've got my game listed as question (laughs) number two here so I'm all over it yes I'm gonna play the Niners here now the value was earlier in the week this is an excellent question by the way the value was earlier in the week when the Niners were a dog plus two plus one and a half but it's moved all the way to San Francisco minus one and a half for a variety of reasons health is an important one on the San Francisco side Fred Warner star linebacker should be back for this game that's huge for the defense who looked terrible against Seattle last week Debo Samuel has been big for this team in a big, big way. Prior to that Seattle loss, they had ripped off, what, three or four wins, and it was because they were rushing the ball really well. Well, Debo made up 33% of those rushing yards during that winning streak, and if he's back in the lineup, that's going to be a huge boost to the offense. But even if he's not, I'm still looking to San Francisco here. Joe Burrow is battling a finger injury on his throwing hand. 
Last week is when he sustained the injury. Last week is also when he completed his lowest percentage of passes all season long. We saw what a finger injury can do to a quarterback with Russell Wilson coming back from that surgery. And now Burrow could be a little shaky. And that's how you attack the Niners. The secondary has been terrible this season. If Burrow can't throw the ball well, they're going to have a problem. I also think that despite the fact that Cincinnati is having a, a remarkable season, they really are. They're a bit overrated at this point in the year. They're 20th in opponent yards per play. They're 20th in turnover differential. They're 29th in sacks allowed. I'd be laying the one and a half with the Niners. ESPN betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh joining us on Greeny. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin in for Mike today. Baltimore, Cleveland Ravens won by a point a couple of weeks ago. The Browns are laying two and a half. Joe, if I'm thinking Baltimore heavy here, can I bite on this? I would not. Now, this is going to be a tricky game. It's going to be a real tricky game here, but I want to point out two things. Look at how Pittsburgh fared in that game against Minnesota last night, especially early in the game before Minnesota did Minnesota things, which is finding ways to let opponents go nuts on them late in the game, right? Pittsburgh looked gassed and Aikman made a great call on the broadcast last night when he said this was such a short turnaround coming off such a physical game with Baltimore Pittsburgh showed it they got killed in the running game last night they looked like a team that was out of gas now Baltimore gets three extra days to prepare but they were the other half of that game and I wouldn't be surprised if they come into this at less than 100% from an energy standpoint Oh, by the way, they're down like 40 guys in the secondary. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but they are banged up on defense. They've been struggling on defense all season long, and they face a Cleveland team that they just played two weeks ago. They beat them by a point, but Cleveland was on the bye. Cleveland had the opportunity to get healthy, put a game to get, game plan together, have a finishing kick here. There's a reason the money continues to come in on Cleveland. I lean to the under as well, but if it's short of three, I'll be playing the Browns at two and a half or better. The Bills came up short on Monday Night Football against Bill Belichick, and now they have to face the reigning world champions on the road in Tampa Bay. So it kind of feels like a scenario that's going to play out more in their favor because they don't have to out-physical another team, which they weren't capable of doing against that, that rushing offense uh, of, the, of, the, of the New England Patriots last week. Tampa's laying three and a half right now. Do you think that Buffalo bounces back and is able to kind of regain some of the ground that they just gave up against the Patriots this is a tough one because I want to sit here and say the Bills bounce back that we saw them on Monday recency bias is going to have everyone going to Tampa Bay Buffalo this season off a loss 4-0 straight up 3-0-1 against the spread but look at who they've beaten in those games that's come against inferior opposition the thing that worries me is that Buffalo hasn't really beaten anybody this season Kansas City is the only team they've beaten that has a winning record, and that was when the Chiefs were at one of their lowest points in the season. Buffalo's lost to Pittsburgh, to Tennessee, to Jacksonville, to Indianapolis, and to New England. They had a terrible game plan against New England. They got murdered in that game against the Colts, and they embarrassed themselves in the game against the Jags. So now, when home field is generally about three points, Tampa's only laying three and a half here. Buffalo's working on a short week, so they're coming off the Monday night game. Very physical affair with all the running that took place. They got to fly south to take on a Tampa team that, after that Washington loss, has won and covered three straight. We saw this last year with Tampa. They peaked towards the end of the season. Very difficult for me to get behind the Bills. I think we, a lot of us have this image of the Bills, and Chris, you and I talked about this yesterday, that we, we believed before the season started 
that they could go to and possibly win the Super Bowl. We picked it. We've stood by it. But we've got to use the eye test at this point. What are they, 7-5 and five so far this season? They're mm-hmm. not beating anybody. They're losing all the big games. I think they might just be a slightly above-average team rather than a great team, and that gives us an opportunity to play Tampa. Last one for ESPN betting analyst Joe Fortenbaugh. All right. Army, Navy, tomorrow there is no such thing as a lock, okay? But Mr. Oh. O'Loughlin is going to be in attendance tomorrow <laughs> at MetLife Stadium. Lockadini, 15 straight for the under. Do I buck that trend? Oh, my God. I was the idiot last year who looked around and I was like, oh, look at all these fools who are riding this trend betting the under. I'm so much smarter than them. I'm going to bet the over. And then the game ended 15 nothing, And I said to myself, never again. I'm not getting involved in this ever again. So here we are one year later talking about Army-Navy. Totals 34.5, which is absolutely ridiculous. I, I can't get involved because I feel like if I do the under, I'm going to mush it. And if I bet the o- over again, I'll be an idiot like last year. I'm so inside my own head. It's all twisted up like a soft pretzel. I can't make that play. So what I'll consider is if you can find Navy at 7.5 or better, that's where I'd look. Navy's got a terrible record. They're like 3-8. and eight. But look who they played this year. They've had a lot of huge games. They had to play uh, Cincinnati. They had to play Houston. They had to play Notre Dame. They had a big schedule. They're catching 7.5 in a game the bookmakers are pricing at 34.5. I think they can keep it tight. I'd look to Navy. And then Doug Kazarian from Daily Wager's got a strong play too. If the first quarter over under is 7.5 or higher, Play the under because the way these two play, the slowness of the offense, the run, run, run mentality, the long, lengthy drives, that's two scores. And one punt could eventually crush that. So if you can find a first quarter total at seven and a half or higher, play the under. I agree with Doug on that one. Good stuff, Joe. Appreciate it. Love you guys. Thanks so much. Have a great weekend. Yep, that's Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN betting analyst, giving us some intel for the weekend. Starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Speaking of locks, there is one NFL coach who believes his team is an absolute lock this weekend. Is he making a massive mistake? We tell you in moments. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Previously... On Greeny. I can't believe how bad the Chiefs' offense is. Their offense isn't good. They're winning because of their defense. The Chiefs' offense looks awful. I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. But the Chiefs will go as far as their defense takes them. At least that's the way it feels right this minute.
You understand it, but you have to believe, as, as we've talked about extensively over the last few days, every analyst we've discussed this with feels like the Patriots right now are the best team in the AFC, but the Chiefs are the most dangerous. That's your weekly rewind brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. It's Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Courtney, I could not get over Mike McCarthy yesterday. Now, I'm not going to say he used the word guarantee because I... Personally, I hate that word when it comes to this kind of thing. But listen to the Cowboys head coach and his uh, characterization of what he expects this weekend from his team against the Washington football team. We got to do whatever we got to do to win the game. Um, But these guys are very accountable. The work ethic of our football team, the whole space is very high. Uh, They're very accountable. Uh, We know what people think of us. We love that. Uh, We're comfortable who we are, where we are. Uh, But I'm excited about what's in front of us because, you know, know, we're going to win this game. Um, I'm confident in that. We're going to win this game. I'm confident in that. Hmm. What's your take? I don't know what else he's supposed to say. Like I will I will give him a little bit of credence for that. Like you're not going to go and say, "Yeah, we're going to try real hard. We'll see what the outcome's going to be." Because a month ago, nobody was looking at this Dallas Washington game when Dallas is 6 and 2 and Washington's 2 and 6 saying that there's playoff implications for both teams. I mean, Dallas was surging, Dak was back, and Washington was still reeling from losing Ryan Fitzpatrick. And now the cards, you know, I mean, the the tables flipped uh, on both of these teams to where both of them are very much in the playoff picture. And I think with Mike McCarthy saying this coming off of a 10 day COVID absence himself, it's bold. He's got a lot of faith in his team, but I tend to think that this is the wrong move for him. And, you know, Ron Rivera kind of echoed those same thoughts that it's kind of putting it more on, you know, it's, it's kind of more of a, I don't want to say it's selfish, but it definitely feels like it's not about the players anymore. When you make a declaration like this, that's a really big mistake. And I don't know, like, if that changes the focus here, if that, you know, makes, you know, ups the ante, puts more pressure on the players. But it's there's a reason that coaches, like, don't typically do this. I don't know, like, what the motivating factor was for Mike McCarthy in saying something like this. Maybe, you know what it felt like? There are times that this happens when you are talking. And you can speak about a topic and then all of a sudden you talk yourself into going a little bit further than maybe you intended to. I I am guilty of it all the time. That absolutely uh, in that moment it felt like he's just going to take this one step further and speak more definitively of winning this game because maybe he felt like his team needed to hear that their coach was very confident in them given the fact that they have lost three of five no matter what the injury situation is for the Cowboys now I you know the bulletin board material thing I always feel like it's a little bit overblown he he did not sit there and say I guarantee you we're going to beat them this weekend we're gonna win this weekend I'm confident in that is a lot different than that you're right I I would tend to give him a little bit more leeway there but it does add it I guess it depends on the personality of your team, doesn't it? Whether it's pressure or confidence, which mm-hmm. does it add more of 
And I have to feel like McCarthy at this point feels like it adds a little more juice to a team that has not been playing its best. Yeah, and I, I think you have to take the temperature of the locker room before you make a comment like that. Like, you have to be aware of how fragile your players are and take a look at this receiving core, whether it's injuries, whether it's COVID. You know, they haven't been playing well this year, and they are very much a part of why Dallas's offense has kind of, you know, been a stinker the last couple games. I mean, it's a team that starts out 6-1 and one and, you know, reaching historic marks throughout the first half of the season. And now where they stand with another team in their division, you know, creeping up on, you know, the NFC, on trying to win the NFC East. That's going to be, that's, I mean, it, it makes it a lot more interesting at that point. And I just, I remember looking at that Saints game a couple, two weeks ago on, on Thursday Night Football and thinking, there's no way that Dallas, like, this doesn't really matter for Dallas in the grand scheme of things because they're so far out of chasing the overall number one seed. And they should be able to lock up the NFC East without question. Now you're kind of in gut check time where it's like, okay, maybe that doesn't happen as easily or as seamlessly as we thought it once would. And making a declaration like this only makes, you know, only puts more pressure on your team to have to follow through and play mistake-free football, which they have not been able to do down the stretch of these final four games of the season. This gets dicey. This gets dicey if they lose this game. Washington, the rest of the way, including this weekend, has five consecutive division games. And that that's crazy. Dallas, Philly, Dallas, Philly, and then the Giants. So right now, with this in mind, we turn to Bubba, who oftentimes makes this a regrettable decision to get his take on his team, on his coach, rather, uh, laying out what is not quite a guarantee, but it is an awfully confident statement. And during the break, he had a very snarky response when I said, I don't know if that was the best idea. Yeah, we'll see about that. Bubba, your response to Mike McCarthy's statement. Uh, yeah, I'm all right with it. I think kind of what you were saying, it kind of depends on the, the, how your team is. And I think they kind of, after a kind of disjointed, weird performance last week, they probably kind of need a little kick in the behind, if you will. And I think he kind of, I'm assuming he knows his team. I would hope so at this point. And it's kind of, it's not going to be that instill that panic. It's going to instill more of a confidence and he knows they're going to go into Landover, and we're going to dominate, and it's not going to be a concern because he knows Dak's going to be great, CD's going to be great, and we're going to be great. See, you just did what I was talking about, Courtney. Did you notice something like he the very? Beginning- I thought he was. I thought that was Mike McCarthy talking. Actually, <laughs> like that's the 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 that absurd the level of confidence. That was the exact that- quote at the beginning. Little wishy washy, little little, and then he talked himself I right got into. into it. Once I started thinking about it, I'm like, <laughs> you know what, Mike's right. We're going to do this thing. <laughs> Exactly what Mike McCarthy did. Sign up with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Use code GREENY to get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Nuno, do you sense any extra confidence any extra well not confidence any extra arrogance in Bubba with this uh, given this turn of events with Mike McCarthy no Bubba is constantly arrogant he's a cowboy fan that's <laughs> okay. all they are what we were talking about yesterday uh pre-show about 
between the cowboy fans and Steeler fans, one's a cockroach, one's a, a rat. Like, and it's kind of that's what they are. Like, Wait, your exact quote was: about? "One's a cockroach, one's a rat, and a rat has at least a purpose to yes. get rid of vermin." Yes. <laughs> uh, sounds like you guys are having a good, t- good and time. And cowboy fans have no purpose on this earth. <laughs> wow! Wow! Bold statement. Nuno Teixeira. Wow. Care of ESPN, Bristol, Connecticut. Chris Carlin, Courtney Cronin, Fort Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus in moments. It is the segment that you wait all week for. It is who you got. That in just a little bit. Greeny, the podcast. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right. Who you got time? We'll start with some NFL games, and we'll start with the Bills and the Bucks. Bubba, do you have a read first or no? I don't don't tell me how to do who you got. Listen, it says on the sheet yeah. that you have a read, and now you don't, and you have been questioning me all show. Yeah, you've had a rough show with the read. I have reads. not had a rough show. You've had a rough show, and I'm, the answer to your you question lock is it up. no, I don't have a read. No, so you thanks lock for it ruining up. this. Anyways. Bills at Bucks. The Bucks have won three in a row. And this one is Tampa Bay minus three and a half. Who you guys got here? I'll go first. Uh, I have the Bills plus three in this game. Uh, this is a much better situation for them to get back on track than it was, you know, in, in nasty weather when there's 50 mile an hour winds and you can't out physical the Patriots. They get a chance to put their top-rated pass defense on the field against Tom Brady. Yes, they're without Tredavious White, potentially playing without A.J. Klein, but I think they get back on track or at least they're going to keep the score close. So I'm going with the Bills plus three. As I have said uh, before, I just I cannot quit the Buffalo Bills. I, I want to try to do it, but I can't do it. I have believed in them all year. Uh, we have both thought that this would be the Super Bowl matchup and that the Bills would eventually end up on top. So if I'm going to go down, I'm going down in flames. Give me the Bills. And we are getting three and a hook here, Courtney. Three and a half mm-hmm. on Bubba's line, which is the one that actually counts Bubba's line. Okay. So you get three and a half to work with. Give me the Bills, Bubba. All right. Next one, 49ers 
Bengals. Bengals coming off a bad loss to the Chargers. This game's on ESPN Radio Sunday. Tune in, and it's San Francisco minus one and a half. Who you got here? I will start with this one. And look, I understand the situation with Burrow's finger, okay? I, I like the Bengals in this game too much. I. I have wanted to believe in the 49ers a bunch of different times this season, and for whatever reason, I just haven't been able to maintain my consistency of belief in them, and I, well, that's a direct result of them. And so I am going to ride with the Bengals in this spot. Not that they've been much better, but the Bengals could very well ending, uh, end up winning an exceptionally mediocre, as it turns out, NF- AFC North. So I'm riding yeah. with the Bengals. I'm going to ride with the Bengals, too, in this one. San Francisco's hurt. Emmanuel Mosley's questionable. He's got that high ankle sprain. Elijah Mitchell's in the concussion protocol. Debo Samuel, we still don't know what the growing severity of that, if he's going to be able to play through that or not. Um, And Fred Warner's got a hamstring injury. You know, I've learned at this time of year, if you're injured – that badly in December, it's probably not going to play out for you well. And yes, I know, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow and the pinky, yada, yada. But the Bengals should probably win this game at home. I'm going to take them plus one. All right, next up in the biggest game of the day, Cowboys at Washington. Washington thinks they're cool because they've won four in a row. Dallas is two games up ahead of them, and it's Dallas minus four and a half. Who you got here? I will um I will go with Washington just because of Mike McCarthy's comments and because Bubba I want to uh not have I don't know I just feel like this Dallas team is so fragile right now and those comments just push them over the edge Washington slowly creeps back into the playoff conversation I'm sorry to do this to you as a Cowboys fan Sad. but I think that Washington and their schedule the way that it lines out the rest of the year they start out I mean they're already hot they're rolling right now 6 and 6 this one's going to push them over 500 7 and 6 by the end of this game I am not sorry to do this to you I will take the Washington football team and I will do so happily And the reason being is that I do also believe that the Cowboys are fragile. And I I think that's where you're fragile. That's a great comeback. I just want to be invited back next week to do the show. (laughs) So that's why I had to couch it that way and try to, like, you know, be a little nicer in my delivery. I I understand. I don't worry about that anymore. Whatever happens, happens. (laughs) All bets are off at this point. And. Listen, you're fragile. Nice response. Why don't you just say, oh, nice face. Why don't you say something like that instead? You're fragile. That's a good good one. I like that. Yeah, it it actually is. It's very hard to combat that when somebody says it to you. I've had it many times. Listen, Bubba, I I actually have been a believer in the Cowboys for most of the season, but what has gone on lately, despite the fact that they've been a little bit banged up, it has me feeling like they're getting a little tight. A little snug, a little snug, and I won't lie, I would enjoy the Cowboy fans sweating a little bit more than usual. All right, George Washington, calm down. George Washington? Why, because I'm old? You're not telling a lie. Oh, well. Listen. Read a book. I don't read books. I don't find them very helpful. Bubba, (laughs) give me the Washington football team, all right? Uh, And I'll see you at the cashier's window. All right, next one, Raiders-Chiefs. Chiefs have won five in a row. They're looking good. They're back, maybe. Kansas City, minus nine and a half here. Who you got? I, look, the problem with Kansas City is 
while they have won five in a row, as you heard from Greeny earlier, they're not scoring a ton of points. Their defense is playing so, so much better. That number is heavy. That number is heavy. Nine and a half is very heavy when they weren't covering early in the season, even when they were winning. So with that being the case, I have to pay attention to the line and think that the Raiders will be able to keep it within double digits. Give me the Raiders. I'll take Kansas City in this one. I'm not taking them at nine and a half, though. I agree with you, Chris. It's a little bit of a stretch. But their defense, for where they started and where they're at right now, holding their opponents in their last five games, including the Raiders in Week 10, to under 20 points, I have a lot of belief in this Kansas City defense. I didn't think I'd be saying that at the end of September, but I'm going to take Kansas City in this one, and they're going to be led by that staunch pass defense. Mm. All right, last game to pick here, Ravens at the Browns. Ravens still first place in the AFC North, but it's Cleveland minus two and a half. Who you got on this one? I mean, the Ravens are going to be incredibly motivated to win this game after that botched two-point conversion last week over uh, in the loss against Pittsburgh. I don't know if I believe anymore in the Cleveland Browns. They desperately need this win when Chris and I were talking about teams that, you know, need to win badly in this in this week of week 14. It's uh, it, Cleveland falls into that mix, but I've got Lamar Jackson. I've got the Ravens in this one, and I think that they're just going to cruise to an AFC North title. When I'm in, looking at a game like this, where's the best player on the field? He's quarterback for the Ravens, and we can look at it and say what's been wrong with him. Listen, he missed a throw last week that he got pressured a little bit on that two-point conversion, and I'm sure he's been kicking himself all week about it. Lamar Jackson is the best player on the field come Sunday, so I'm going to take the Ravens. And you're right, Courtney. When it comes to uh, Cleveland, they've just been entirely too up and down all season long for me to – buy into the Cleveland Browns at this point in the year. And and I mean, the last time these two teams played, Lamar Jackson threw four interceptions and gave Cleveland every opportunity to come back and win that game. If Lamar Jackson can beat you throwing four picks, I don't think that that's a team that can recover two weeks later when you face him again. I I totally agree with that. And, And to me, I also think that you are who you are by the time you get through 12 weeks in the season. And when you're an inconsistent team, that's what you are. All right, it's who you got on Greeny. And speaking of the green man. That's a beautiful reset. Yeah, thanks. I asked him this question on Wednesday. I'm going to ask you guys this as well to get your opinion because there are seven first-year head coaches in the NFL this year. We got Staley, Meyer, Sirianni, Campbell, Smith, Sala, and Cully. Do you think any of them are in danger of being one and done? Who you got? Absolutely. I think David Culley's probably at the top of that list. Houston like bought into this weird sort of belief that by sending 50 or so players out the door when Nick Casario took over this year as GM and they bring David Culley in as head coach that they were going to actually be able to field a competitive team. Yet here we are. Davis Mills is now the starting quarterback. We find that out today because apparently he gives them the best chance to win to win the first round, the over number one overall pick in the 2022 NFL draft. I think that David Culley is probably out of a job after this year. He'd be my first on the list of, of first-year head coaches to go. The guy that I would have bet the farm on probably three weeks ago would have been Nick Sirianni. But I'm not going to go there at this point because 
he has been smart enough to take the offense and understand that the Eagles are going to be best served by running the football, no matter whether it's Gardner Minshew or Jalen Hurts. Obviously, Hurts adds that massive uh, factor as a great running quarterback, but he hasn't thrown it well. Um, I don't think anybody's going to be on that list at the end of the year. I don't think we're going to have anyone undone, so I'm going to go zero right there. With Cully, I I just think the Texans are going to look at it like, we're not going anywhere for a couple of years anyway, so let's, let's ride this out. I think you'll stay. And you're older than David Culley, right? I am not. Oh, David okay. Culley is what sixty? What? I am not. Older I thought he was than 85. Culley. I thought you were older. I am not, David. Okay, not. that's a lot of tension. My goodness. Uh, See, he don't just enjoys. He enjoys. <laughs> listen, it's okay. I'm used to being a target. It's okay. Been dealing with bullies like Bubba my entire life. Anyways, Saturday we got the Heisman, and you can watch it ESPN. You can listen to it ESPN Radio. Who you got winning the old Heisman? Courtney. I mean, is it anybody's award other than Bryce Young? Did that not mm. just solidify it in the SEC championship game where Alabama was who we thought they were after all the rat poison that they ingested via the media last week, which was apparently <laughs> yummy, according to Nick Saban. So I'd love to – I mean, I'm, I'm really glad that Aiden Hutchinson from Michigan, the defender who you know now has the new sack record, I'm glad that he got an invite. I would love to see a defensive player win this award. Uh, but the fact is, it's a quarterback award, and C.J. Stroud and Ohio State were, were not playing last weekend. So this is Bryce Young's yeah, runaway it, award. Uh, uh, agreed. It is Bryce Young's. I fully believe that. Um, Stroud, I don't think, has gotten maybe the attention that he has deserved in this and you know with Alabama you could have brought Anderson into this discussion too defensively because he's had uh, ridiculous numbers uh, you know as a voter I didn't see him play enough I saw a lot of Aiden Hutchinson I can't you're not allowed to disclose who you voted for but when you look at um, and no one's asking well thank you when you look at numbers I, I think it's hard to argue with the guys that ended up uh, in being the finals uh, finalists in New York, Bryce Young is at minus 6,000 right now to win the award. And interestingly, Courtney, to your point, Aiden Hutchinson is the second favorite right now at 25. I'd love to see him win it, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to happen either. I, I think you're right that this is Bryce Young's to run away with at this point. All right, one more college one. We got Lincoln Riley now in Los Angeles at USC. Do uh, you think uh, Chip Kelly get away from him and return to Oregon? Who you got here? Oh, man. It's just I, it's 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 a weird I mean it's not a weird fit. It just feels weird. Yeah, yeah I get it. Like go back to where it all started, but you're not really getting away from Lincoln Riley. I mean, you'd still be playing him, but it makes sense for it makes sense for Oregon. You know, go back to where it all started. The closest they ever, you know, they got to a national championship was with Chip Kelly. But I want to see it be Dave Aranda. I know yeah. I'm kind of like you know going the other direction with that, but he seems to know what he's doing, considering what he did at Baylor in two seasons, turning them from an embarrassment into a Big Twelve champion. So let's. I'm, I'm going to spin my. It's been my take down to Dave Aranda should be the next coach at uh, Oregon, not Chip Kelly. I like the idea. I do. And especially considering that Baylor went and hired Dave Aranda as a defensive coach in the Big 12. You know, Mm -hmm. to think that you couldn't do that at Oregon, that you are consistently going to want that great offensive coach. um, I, I get the notion, but it doesn't have to be the case anymore. I believe absolutely, though, 
that Chip Kelly should stay put at UCLA. I mean, look, you got that job, and I don't think Chip Kelly's ego would allow him to run away from somebody else taking the USC job. And if it did, to me, that's weak sauce, especially if you're just going to go back to where you were before. All right, tomorrow is, of course, National App Day. So mm. we're talking... Appeti- appetizer? Yeah, they're not really specific. I'm going uh, phone apps here. Okay. So okay. I'm, I'm assuming you guys are spending a lot of time on your phone. You know, you're on the, you're on the airports a lot. So what's your go-to app on your phone to pass the time? Who you got? Courtney, Twitter. you go. Twitter. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It's not a very creative answer, but it's I'm tethered to it. Yeah, I'm a Sp- I wish I wasn't. I'm a Spotify guy and I'm an ESPN app guy just to be, you know, very much the company guy. I, I'm a Spotify guy. I'm so locked into podcasts right now all over the place. I'm spending a lot of time in the car. I'm on that a lot. Twitter too, Instagram, but yeah, I, I'm I'm going to Spotify right now. All right. Uh Sunday, Bob Barker turns ninety eight. Yes. Good for him. Known for hosting the Price is Right, often associated with kids being homesick and watching yep. TV. So, what was your go-to TV show when you guys were homesick as a kid? 30 seconds. Uh, Price is Right's a great one. Price yeah. is Right or local news? Local news? Really? I know. I'm just weird. <laughs> I was absolutely and watching the news. Absolutely Price is Right. It doesn't get any better than somebody bidding $1 and winning whatever that prize was to get up on the stage. I absolutely love that. It has been Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. Have an awesome weekend. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.